0: Hello and welcome to What Next for Wales. I'm Theo Davis-Lewis. Of all the policy areas here, education is probably the most important. Last year, a new group was appointed, the Communities, Contributions and Kinevin, BAME experiences and the new curriculum working group. The chair of that group, Professor Charlotte Williams, joins me on this week's podcast to discuss her work and how she advised and improved the teaching of themes relating to black, Asian and minority ethnic communities and experiences across all parts of the school curriculum. The report that the group was working on was published earlier in 2021 and its 51 recommendations were welcomed and accepted by the Welsh Government, meaning that among many other things, all children will be taught about racism and the contributions of black, Asian and minority ethnic communities in Wales. This is obviously quite a landmark moment for education here and I'm so glad Charlotte could join me as I put some questions of which I hope were helpful and probing to her on the work that she was doing, the purpose behind it. You know, we touch on a few of these things. The need to have role models in society, the role of wider society in tackling injustice, and even the differences between Wales and other parts of the UK when it comes to some of these issues regarding racial injustice, equality, diversity, and so on. So I'll leave it at that. Here's my conversation with Charlotte Williams. Charlotte, saw Iragle. welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me uh, it's 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 wonderful to speak to you we're just reflecting now that this probably wouldn't happen if we were uh not in the pandemic in a sense that you're halfway around the world or mean on the other side of the world uh and we're obviously here in the uk uh, and this has been a really really busy time for you because you've been in the news a lot in Wales and i have to say congratulations of course uh for all the work that you've been doing um for our listeners I have to sort of reflect on you know the education minister yeah. Kirsty Williams has accepted all of the recommendations welcomed the report on black asian and minority ethnic communities contributions and kinevin in the new school curriculum I love that welsh word uh, which is and that group is obviously chaired by you the minister's pledged 500,000 uh, to support the implementation of the report's recommendations which are uh, 51 in total uh, there's so much in there to unpack Charlotte I wondered whether First of all, you could just reflect on, you know, when you were first asked to chair it by the Welsh Government and you know whether it was in the works to begin with or was it just came out of nowhere.
1: Yes, thank you for that and thank you for the congratulations. Um, well, um, how can I say, I have done some pieces of work for the Welsh Government before um, and, uh, you know, going back over years, particularly the work I did around child poverty in Wales. And I have had personally had my entire education in Wales from the age of five, you know, um, it going to school in Craigadonnell, I did no right to to my PhD and beyond because we're all in a a continuous education. Um, And so when I was approached about this piece of work, I was absolutely delighted to lead on it. I think the, uh, government were looking for somebody who, who would bring together some of the insights of lived experience and Black leadership, as well as being an educationalist. And um, I had signaled my willingness to do uh, such work. So, yes, it, it really worked out well, and I was delighted to give it a go. I was slightly daunted by the brief and the time scale because we had to work within quite a tight time scale um but yes no it has been a great privilege and a pleasure to to take this work forward
0: and you've talked a lot um about how the report itself shows that there's you know racial inequality within uh the Welsh education system and it's well evidenced and documented and you know someone like me who again apart from the university level went through education in wales you know i'm very happy to uh, acknowledge that perhaps i would have been completely ignorant of, of such uh, inequalities in education what 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 did you find in particular on that in the racial inequality bits because i think you know perhaps a lot of us in wales don't realize it we're either ignorant or we oh. just genuinely don't understand what the problems were
1: mm-hmm. yes well we did have A lot of evidence presented to us and also called for evidence. I mean, we have known for a long time through work like Jonathan Brentnell's work, looking at the attainment gap, that certain groups in Wales do not achieve as highly as others. And in particular, there are concerns around black groups, black Caribbean groups and mixed race groups as well. As Gypsy Travellers. So there's a whole number of um, young people who are not reaching their potential in schools, and we've known that for a long time in terms of attainment. But there's also quite substantive evidence that has come from organisations like Show Racism, the Red Card, um, the Race Alliance Wales about the experience of schooling for some young people and the fact that they encounter racism within schools in the schoolyard from their peers um, their sense of unbelonging because their um, issues and their identities aren't represented in any way in the curriculum um, The fact that they may be subject to racial abuse is is very distressing and the Children's Commissioner has also picked up on this, so we had quite a lot of evidence before us about this very unhappy experience. That children and young people were having in schools, Um, but also that schools were not necessarily responding very well to that um situation that they they would have complaints about racism and and, and not take them out not record them and so on and so forth so this is an ongoing problem and i suppose a third and associated element is that we had evidence to suggest that the workforce in wales is not particularly diverse and so the likelihood of having a teacher from a black, Asian or minority ethnic background is quite rare for the average child in Wales because whilst we know that 12% of the primary and secondary school population is from those backgrounds, only 3% of teachers would identify in that way and of that 3%, only 2% would be from black or black British backgrounds. You know, that's another big one in terms of inequality, in terms of aspirations, in terms of sense of belonging and so on. These uh, young people would not feel um, that there were role models. They would not feel very well represented in terms of the content of their learning, so on and so forth. And what we did as a working group was build on this body of evidence by asking. We, were, we did some focus groups with young people, we did some focus groups with teachers, um, teachers from a broad range of backgrounds, and we did some focus groups with teachers specifically from Black, Asian and minority backgrounds. And the overall um, sentiment that emerges was that there are, you know, there are some areas, some schools really, taking these issues forward and responding well. And in others, it's not even registering as a concern for them. So, yeah, the, the starting point for us was addressing this racial inequality that has been there, uh, to you know, for some time as well. The evidence is that it's been around for some time.
0: And because it's been around for some time then, I wonder whether, you know, we've had, uh, we have, you know, the last few days we've had the, the Welsh election debate, for example, it's, you know, 22 years of of devolution. I mean, you would have thought, obviously, with education being devolved for such a long period here that, you know, Wales being a distinct nation of the UK, we could have done something differently then. Or, was, you know, is this more rooted in, as we'll touch upon, you know, more sort of British problems with the British education system as well? I mean, do you think that we you know, devolution really hasn't changed much, I don't think, over the last 20 years, it sounds like you're saying?
1: Um, I don't think that's reasonable to say. I think progress has been slow. I think uh, the follow through of, you know, I think the, the, the agenda on uh, multiculturalism, we call it in education, has been around and been indicated and um, uh, been put to schools. Mm-hmm. I think, as I said, some schools have taken that up and others haven't. I think it's that we've had a quite laissez-faire approach to these issues, and therefore they haven't been as carefully monitored as they might be or as carefully addressed as they might be. And it was time for something of a much more systematic approach to um, the problem that we have. And I think the whole um, sort of refreshed look at race equality in wales is is saying that is saying yes we've put in place uh, certain things we've tried certain things they may not have worked or we haven't followed them through with um you know enough tenacity to to make them stick
0: no that sounds sounds incredibly sensible and i think the other thing that strikes me from what you just said as well is that issue of uh role models because you know for me uh like i said from from clanetti originally i mean there's plenty of people that i suppose looked like me and I, you know had the same uh sort of aspect I had many role models growing up um yes. and it was it was very and I and I completely you know completely can see you know if you look through the education system you know the undiverse if I can put it like that teachers that we have I wonder whether it's a what I mean they both work hand in hand I suppose but the role models uh, like you say have to be in the workforce and the teachers you know you've got to have teachers that can communicate with you and you can you can aspire to work with them but they've also got to be in the curriculum and that's the other big thing obviously with your report and the recommendations is that obviously all children will be taught about racism and the contributions of black Asian and minority ethnic communities um, which is oh, a landmark God. development. But on the issue of role models, you know, are, are putting it in a, in a diff- difficult way, but what's more important to have oh. sort of more diverse teachers or more diverse uh, curriculum, or can you not separate them?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. I, I like the way you said all children, because these role models are important to every single child in Wales. To see diversity in their workforce, to value diversity in their workforce is important to them as future citizens of Wales. So it's not simply a special case for Black, Asian, and minority ethnic children. Although all the research tells us that seeing people doing positive things in authoritative positions is very important to the self esteem of. Uh, Black and Asian uh, children and young people. It's very important to their general well-being, their sense of themselves, their value that they put on themselves, and to their aspirations that they believe that they can do and can be and can succeed. And so, yes, those um, role models and a diverse workforce is important to. Um, children and young people from those backgrounds, but it's also important to all children. Now, whether that takes us further than the content of the curriculum, and you've, you've posed it in a question of which is the more important, I think that a more kind of diverse curriculum content would arise from a more diverse workforce it would arise, people would be curious, they would be bouncing ideas off each other, there would be different perspectives coming to bear on things and so on and so forth. So yeah, it is very important that we address that pipeline into teaching, hasn't been systematically addressed, that we attract um, more people of difference, of all kinds of difference into those um, positions and into leadership positions so that policies, school policies and practices can be oriented as well um, to the norm of diversity.
0: Very, very interesting uh, and very profound to think about it uh, in that sense. And I can't help but think that this report is the latest really in, I think, sort of reaffirming the distinctiveness of Wales on certain policy areas, you know, for example, I, I, I'll i give another example now that, you know, the Welsh Government has said it is committed to tackling structural and systemic racism to create a Wales that is anti-racist by 2030. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, absolutely, I'm all for it. But surely being anti-racist by 2030 as a society is impossible if I was to play devil's advocate because yes. for me, you know, it must be so difficult to change attitudes of individuals that's what I struggle with some of this is that how can we change the minds of each person in Wales or perhaps we think of it differently I don't know what you think about that
1: Mm -hmm. well when we think about racism we think of it on many levels we think of it in terms of individual attitudes prejudices and um, you know uh, the behaviours we can think of it in terms of what institutions do and organisations and, and, and organisational behaviour. And we can think of it in terms of a broad, something much more broader and a, amorphous that we might call the culture of Wales, you know, what, what's embedded in the culture. We know that uh, racism operates on all of these levels. So you're quite right. We've got a big challenge in addressing all of those levels. But we have to have a vision. We have to have a common goal. We have to, you know, sit down and say, what would we want? What would it look like? And how are we going to get there? And and part of the process, I think, that has gone on in producing the government's Race Equality Action Plan is just that, let's set our aspiration for, for everyone. To work towards. And then let's say what needs to be done to get there. Now, of course, it isn't an easy task. And of course, there will be a lot of considerations that the Welsh Government is um, taking on board in relation to implementing this change. And yes, it's um, refreshing and startling for a number of reasons. The whole language of the report signals, as you say, a divergence from wider UK um, approaches and responses to race equality. The whole process of um, building that plan reflects a divergence from what we're seeing elsewhere in the UK. Um, And the level of commitment, the level of commitment from the highest levels of government to this plan is quite remarkable and i think a turning point in taking forward race equality in all fields not solely education but across all social policy fields and beyond
0: and you mentioned the the politics and the social policy we'll get on to that in a second i just wonder specifically again on the report and it's 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 got those 51 recommendations and you've got a very clear image with it uh to create as well uh, i think the quote is something like you know ethical informed citizens of wales and the world which is you know a great line uh but you've you said yourself that education cannot basically solve all of society's ills i just wonder whether in wales i mean i i look because i'm sort of a political geek so i look at for example, and the fact that it's, I I think, generally probably a pretty poor diversity in the same earth. I mean, I don't think you know many black or Asian ethnic minority community uh, candidates or uh, members have been in the same earth uh, over the last 20 years. Um, you know, where do we need that critical further change in Wales apart from edge apart from transformation? education? does it is it literally? Uh, throughout the whole society, through the private sector, through politics, through business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a broad range of um, actions that are going to be needed to make this change, and understanding something of the interrelationship between policy fields as well. For example, the social determinants of health. We, you know, we've seen in the COVID era the impact of uh, the coronavirus on particular sections of the community. So that shows the interplay between social circumstances and uh, the facts of um, inequality in health. So yeah, a broad sweep of actions and an understanding of the interrelationship between policy fields will will be necessary. Um, And, you know, this is a challenge. It's a, it is a real challenge in understanding what those intersections are, how they work, how they produce impacts on um, children and young people, or communities in general. And, and coming back to the report, the reason we emphasise the fact that a broad range of actions is going to be needed is because it's long been understood the relationship between poverty, or it used to be called social class, and educational achievement. So um, there alone is the need for a broader strategy. And, and the government, the Welsh government, are taking that broader strategy. You know, this work that I I uh, led with the group arose as a result of a report um, done by Professor um, Emmanuel Albana on social economic st- circumstances of inequality. And that really showed what I, what I just sort of briefly outlined, the interrelationship between all of these factors and disadvantage for some groups. And so, yes, it's, um, it's a challenge and it's a kind of um, dynamic. It's a moving target somehow. So somehow policy has to be adaptable and flexible to adapt to that. I did want to say something about the um, report and its recommendations and its ambition for all schools in Wales, because um, one of the things that we noted along the way as a working group were schools where the sense was that the local community or the canavin didn't reflect um, diversity and difference to any significant degree, so why would that be a priority for them? And this, I think, is an issue not only in education. This issue about salience um, is an impediment to to pushing forward race equality in some areas of Wales. The sense that, well, actually, this isn't in our community, so we don't really have to address it. And that's why the report really stresses the um, opportunity of every child in Wales having their knowledge base and their perspectives enhanced in understanding the history of of Wales, the contributions of Black, Asian and minority people to that history and to to Wales's development and prosperity.
0: and present. I think that I think I think that's right because you know, for me, I just reflect a personal anecdotal experience. You know, I I would argue that I didn't have enough Welsh history to begin with on the curriculum. <laughs> I know that's uh, that's uh, another debate in of itself. But I think someone like me, I would have really, really welcomed exactly what this report um, report says. And obviously this new curriculum will be rolled out uh from 2022 and it's it's a it's a landmark moment And i think the challenge is for me looking at this is to get across to certain communities and maybe certain individuals actually going back to the responsibility of individuals who will say why do i have this is not my history for example uh, and i i wonder with that charlotte you know do you think that is the biggest challenge, is to communicate to people or to convince people in some ways that perhaps from communities that you know they, they're not diverse communities and they might think this is this is not their Welsh experience? You know, how do you get that across to them?
1: It helps that I'm a North <laughs> 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 that I've um, been schooled entirely myself in an area that would not have been seen itself as multicultural. And of course, if I uh, speak about my own um, Kinevin, there are plenty of examples in my locality of the contribution of black, Asian and minority ethnic peoples to um, the development of Wales. And they can be connected to the wider uh, story of Wales, the wider history of Wales very easily. So, you know, we talk about um, the Slate, lines on the doorstep of of my school and how that could be explored in terms of um, class and exploitation, but also in terms of land ownership and ownership of slaves elsewhere. We've got all this evidence now. We've had the review of public monuments, street names, uh, and so on done. So the link, for example, with slavery is very apparent and very conspicuous now. everywhere in Wales. There's nowhere in Wales where you won't find some um, connection in terms of uh, that um, contribution to Wales and its development. But also, these areas that we often talk about as not so diverse, are much more diverse than is perhaps apparent. Um, We know that since 2004, we've had migration from the European Union and that Polish people and Eastern European people have settled. Um, Irish diaspora have always been right across uh, North Wales. Um, There are many, many groups with their migration stories and migration histories that are part of Wales, irrespective of, of, you know,
0: where the school is. And you've touched already about the perhaps divergence or uh, the different approach that Wales has taken on on these issues. And you know what I think stands out more than any um is probably the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities, the Sewell report that um Sewell Commission that, that came out. And yeah. uh that drew obviously a lot of widespread criticism uh from experts across public and private sector and the the biggest issue there is totally different remit, of course, in some ways to what this your report was. Uh, But what the Sewell Commission failed to do, in many people's eyes, uh, or oh, so what the Sewell Commission did do was play down the extent and impact of structural racism in the UK. Mm. And I, I, I'll give you where I come from, Anjali, because I I think at the minute the UK government is in a very, very strange position where they seem to really revel in this kind of culture war that they're creating between flags and monuments and statues and all this. And they're, they are themselves making it a binary choice. Was Churchill a war hero or a war criminal rather than, you know, that, that, that's the binary they're putting. I think it's far more nuanced than that. Um, mm-hmm. What do you see from, you know, you don't have to comment specifically on the Sewell Commission if you don't want to, but what would you see from the developments there in particular and the broader political uh, changes that are happening in london at the minute
1: mm-hmm. well we have to remember that our um, ambitions and our aspirations in wales are one thing but we're also a stakeholder in wider uk development so these developments are very very pertinent to the work that we're trying to do in wales and Um, I suppose my immediate comment on the Sewell report was firstly how an evidence-based report as and and we've all been concerned to look at the evidence we have in uh, Wales looked at the evidence but the evidence can lead to some very different conclusions and that's quite startling. Um, So then you have to say okay if the evidence that is selected is pointing to some very different kinds of conclusions in Wales we're talking very explicitly about systemic and institutional uh, racism and discrimination very upfront and in the the UK government is saying well actually no that's not the causality that that isn't what what's happening look at the evidence on difference and diversity between minority groups and that Uh, sometimes minority groups are over um, or achieving much more than working class white groups. Um, And it's it's insidious and um, it's an insidious narrative because it it pitches race against class. And it assumes that uh, when you say working class, you mean white because there are very many working class people of multicultural origin, but it it somehow pitches that. It disaggregates the impacts of unequal chances and places the responsibility, particularly on individuals and communities to thrive in a meritocratic society. That's, That's the kind of assumption. It must be up to you if you're not. Achieving or if you're not getting and so on and so forth. And it is a narrative that has been going on for some time. It's not just the Sewell Report. It's been in evidence as you point out as well in um, the UK government's attitude over, you know, probably a couple of decades at least. And it's, it's been building in different ways. Um, So this is like a manifestation of those ideas that we live in a post-race society and, you know, we don't need to really look particularly at um, structures, at power, at privilege, we just need to look at particular communities in a targeted way, why aren't they doing as well as those doing, as as others are doing. Um, And it's worrying, it's a worrying narrative because It shifts attention away from the persistence of inequalities and their manifestation, and it shifts attention away from um, looking at power-privileged elites, you know, as the the main issue, to get us all kind of squabbling amongst ourselves. We know that globally, the impact of globalization on um, working people has been huge. But that is on working people, not on necessarily specifically white working, working class people, for one want of a better term. So, yeah, I think we've got to be alert to this narrative. We've got to be alert to the ways in which it will impact on, on Wales. I mean, um, you, we have to think about uh, the Equality Commissions, um, the post-Brexit loss of the EU and their regulatory powers in relation to anti-discrimination and anti-racism. We're in a lot of flux on that broader, um, if you you think about multi-level governance, we're in a lot of flux in relation to those multi-levels of of governance.
0: Perhaps if, um, you know, people had had enough of westminster and what they're doing with all these flag wars and all this this terrible stuff that i see happening all the time uh you know there's an increasing number obviously going towards uh independence and you've talked about this before and into i saw with the institute of welsh affairs and let me just read uh, if i can read a, a couple of lines out which i thought was really really interesting um so the the writer says you know around her dinner table she says she can see that yes welsh independence but when she thinks of the idea in terms of how she relates to those, and I quote, those black fellows in Liverpool and those black fellows in yeah. London who are important, yeah. to I can't see yeah. that it would do us any good to say, and in the italics, we're the black Welsh ones. And yeah. then the quotation. So I, I, so I just, just to put that to you in terms of, you know, Adam Price, as an example, would say that, you know, we can create an anti racist society through an independent Wales because we can't do it with Westminster. Oh. But obviously it's far more complicated than isn't it?
1: Mm. Allyship, partnership, an idea of pan-national um, alliances between black people has been important in the history and development and pride and security of um, black people. And the nation state is, yes, one source of succor and nurture and identification, that many, and I, I I've shortened to say black people, I should say black, Asian and other minority community, have multiple um, lines or multiple sources of, of belonging and attachment. And in some ways in the globally connected world that we are in, here I am in Australia, Um, There are, you know, allegiances that transcend the nation state and we have fallen very easily, even in our conversation today, into methodological nationalism, of course, because we're um, focused on, you know, the instruments that Wales has as nation to enhance the well-being of individuals. But there are other ways of looking at this beyond the nation state, so perhaps you picked up in my uh, conversation with um Shavana Taj a little bit of ambivalence there. I need to think it through a bit more. I think, Tia. I probably got to think because I, I really am in favour of self governance, home rule, uh, making decisions that people about issues that are you know. Uh, generated within wales but there's always i think for many of us who have kinds of histories that i have there's always a recognition that somehow in the modern world the nation state is but one dimension of our experience
0: enough, i think a lot of people have got to got to think about that question as well but, um let me ask you let me ask you a couple of questions before we finish. It's a bit different. Um, because we talked a lot about this, the report and you know I'd encourage people to to read it in detail because we would never get through it in 40 40 minutes. Um and we've touched upon the difference between Wales and the UK and you know the and also the complexities, complexities and the nuance needed around that conversation as well. But I wonder, Charlotte, you're in Australia, obviously. Hopefully you'll be back in Wales soon. Are you optimistic yeah. about um, the future of racial equality in Wales you know you've got some hope and positivity about it or you are still a bit perhaps a bit of reluctance and you know want to see how things go
1: I'm extremely optimistic I have to say particularly at this moment when we've seen such a broad sweep of actions on the part of the government and i've mentioned a few of them but you know there have been several initiatives that have come together in this moment with this driver of you know here is a new race equality action plan and um the things that um make me optimistic is uh, on the one hand, when I look at the process of that development, when I look at the narrative behind that development and the commitment behind that development, there is a great sort of feeling of optimism because people from minority community organisations and individuals who are from those backgrounds have been quite heavily in this process of producing this plan. They've had a lot of buy-in into this plan in its methodology it's engaged an awful lot of people um and so it's not kind of got this feeling of top down or you know randomly bottom up it's kind of been evolved in a kind of negotiated process which I think is quite two-way and I think the civil servants tell me as part of process i've been through that they learn as much from us as we do from them so there's been kind of a, a, a an exchange i suppose of a, a, a deep dialogue about this issue and that i think is a great starting and it is a starting point I, I i concede we have to think about implementation perhaps in a different way i've got this idea that some of the uh issues of implementation are different in different parts of Wales. And we, we need not just have, you have know, one standard idea about how we implement, but think about the mixture of carrots and sticks of levers and leadership and enabling that will work in different areas in different ways in different policy fields. So yeah, I think I'm optimistic that a more sophisticated approach to these issues is being taken that there is considerable allyship between um, people from minority backgrounds and people from majority backgrounds, you know. I think um, one of the sort of visual, um, heartening visual um, representations of that was around the Black Lives Matter um, campaign, when we saw young people in lots of um, towns and cities across Wales, Black, and white, united in the atrocity of um, George Floyd's murder and the wish and will to want something different for Wales. And, and of course, that makes you optimistic. That's the the, new activist generation who aren't sort of single issue, but they're they're partnered in making change for Wales. So, yeah, I'm optimistic.
0: I think that's right. And I, we had um, Sophie Howe, uh, the Future Generations Commissioner, on recently, and I think probably captures the same sort of uh, shifts in the activist generation you talk about. Uh, my final question to you, Charlotte, uh, obviously has to come um, re- re- election-related. I won't ask you who you think going to win, because I don't know either. Uh, but yeah. what what would you say to the next Welsh government, whatever they are? Because obviously, you know, the civil servants, you know the, you know, the politicians relatively well. What would you say... To them you know you might have a um you know you might even have a welsh conservative government you don't know but what would you say to them about the work that you've done and the next steps that need to be taken and the urgency that they need mm-hmm.
1: uh, i agree um that we're at a pivotal m- moment because um just before the election we've, we've laid down all these aspirations and the race equality plan is there and Our report is there. Um, They're just sort of poised now for implementation. And, of course, we know that implementation is the biggest challenge. You know, it's all in the what happens next, really, all in the what happens next, because we can say these wonderful things, but we we now need to make them happen. Fortunately, the um, Welsh Government have extended my... Role a little bit in an advisory capacity to continue this talking through how to make these 51 recommendations happen and overseeing them a little bit. And so that really gives me a little bit of continuity in relation to this report, sustainability. Um, So I would say to the next government, please come and talk to us. Please keep talking to us. Please keep close to us because there is so much expertise out there within the Black, Asian and minority communities. And now this expertise is really has been mobilized. So don't waste that resource. Stick with it.
0: And uh, hence the name of uh, the podcast, What Next for Wales. That is the, um, that is the implementation period and uh, yeah, the innovation that we need to see from our government. Um, I'm going to let you go now, Charlotte. That was really, really interesting and a lot, very profound, lot for us to think about. So thank you very much for your time. And I hope it isn't the last time we speak about these issues either.
1: Thank you, Theo. Thank you very much indeed for coming to me.
0: Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to hear more, you can keep up to date and listen to the latest episodes across your usual audio platforms, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Episodes are published every Monday by me, Theo Davis-Lewis, and the best way to send me your thoughts and comments is via our Twitter feed, at WhatNextForWales. Looking forward to hearing from you, and thanks again for listening. Dioch.